Welcome to the Wrestling Around Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Williams, with my co-host today, Christian and Kevin. How are you guys doing today? I'm I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. All right. Great. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. So uh, tonight we have a couple talking points. Should guys go back to NXT? And then we also had Ring of Honor. Is it the place to be? Roman Reigns, what's next for him? Um, all the details about All In. Seth Rollins, real deal, full package, or bust? And should Finn be the top guy? So we're going to start off with our first point. Should guys go back to NXT? And I guess my first point would be is, you know, people like the Revival. People like Breezango. You know, um, we looked at and it, the first ever TakeOver Brooklyn. And we watched uh, Jushin Thunder Liger versus Tyler Breeze. And all that momentum we had going into that. And it seems like it was a struggle. And uh, kind of like a Tyler Breeze couldn't make it up on the main roster. And I know where SmackDown is struggling to make their superstars. And I feel like they could do a better job at it. You know, they... Yeah, totally. I I, un- I understand what they're going for, and I and I get it. They want something bigger than what they have, but here's the problem: SmackDown's two hours, which is the perfect amount of time for wrestling. For any wrestling show, for exactly. any wrestling show. So Monday Night Raw is three hours, and I sit there about halfway through the show, and I'm like, man, I could really get a snack, or I could go get a bottle of water, or I could go do something else. For thirty yeah. minutes. Why there's the cruiserweight division was just filler too. Well, it's like it's like honestly, you have too much talent, and it's and and what WWE is doing right now is they're just buying up all the talent they can get and taking it as like, oh, we own them, they've got this, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, and it just feels like they're taking too much time with guys like you know, and I and I was listening to a good podcast, uh, JD from New York. And he said, the idea is, hey, why don't we do this and we do it like this? And he, like, says trade guys. So basically take the revival down and, you know, move up undisputed or, you know, take somebody else. You know, move Alistair Black up. He's hot right now. Take, you know, Tyler Breeze down to NXT. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, what, what What are your thoughts on that? Um... Well, to to be honest with you, there are many people who think that I've lost direction who could have gained direction on Raw. I think the Revival is one of them, a good example of that. A great team that I think had great potential until the injuries from both Dawson and Wilder. And, you know, considering the fact that when they came back, now they're considered to be jobbers. They were just jobbing to the Woken Wyatts. And then um, there's another good example of... of you know, that potential being flawed as well is Apollo Cruz. I mean, look at him. He he came out too early, in my opinion. He didn't show too much on NXT. And then he when he gets called up in like twenty sixteen, right when the new era was just being sparked up. I remember that Apollo had so much potential. He had he has all the tools. Competitor. He is incredibly agile. He's strong. He's quick. And and him being, you know, with Titus Worldwide and everything, I think this is ruining his momentum. When I saw him becoming a heel, or when I thought he was becoming a heel, he, um, I saw heel things in him when he was joining Titus Worldwide. I saw that attitude. I said, I want to see an Apollo Crews that's different, one that can make him better. 
But now it's like he can go back to NXT at this point. I mean, honestly, he came up too early. Another person who I thought was good in NXT was Tyler Breeze. I mean, the man was big on NXT. He was the big heel. He was the guy that you needed to hate because he was hot as hell. But now he's still saying he's hot as hell, but he's making fun of himself and other people while doing it. And it just makes him look like a clown. No one's going to take him like seriously as he was, you know, when he was with Summer Rae and all that stuff to me. I think when he had Summer Rae by his side, that kind of ruined it. I think the peak of his career in WWE was in NXT with Jushin Thunder Liger, with Finn Balor, you know, a whole lot of people. And another person who I think should definitely go down is Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin should go back down. And and not to cut you off here, but you you say people to go down, Baron Corbin and and all of them. You know who's a name that would be really great? And, you know, I've I've been thinking about him a lot with his new contract with the WWE. And, you know, just not getting enough airtime. I mean, it's getting better now with his tag team partner, but Dolph Ziggler. Now, I didn't say Dolph Ziggler. I didn't say Dolph Ziggler had to be there full time. And, and Katie, I want you to kind of come in on this detail. But do you believe that Dolph Ziggler in the next five five years will earn a title? No, I don't believe so. What do you think, Katie? I don't don't know either. But I'm like, Katie, uh, what's his mind? Personally, no. To this point, I believe they're just going WWE is personally just going to just rag out his contract to try and get other new superstars, just like they're trying over, just like they're trying to do with Drew McIntyre. And to this point, to this point, I don't I can see why Dolph Ziggler would want to just walk out of the company. And whether that moment was scripted or not, when he left on left on Tuesday night. If he walked out unscriptedly, I wouldn't blame him because again, he's just being this is a major talent who's really gonna who's really coming out in the final years of his deal. And you're just gonna flat out use him to get people over. Like he's not the big show. He's not a big show. He's not Kane. He's not Triple H. He's not Tyler saying Dolph is yeah exactly I'm and I'm not saying he's better than any of these guys, but at the same time, he still has a lot more in him okay. than any of the other guys okay. I've mentioned. Okay, okay. So, I totally so agree. <clears throat> take it as this. Okay. So you're saying that WWE is doing a terrible job at developing superstars rather than picking out superstars that have already well-developed, such as Ricochet, such as, you know, um, Lars Sullivan. Um, those guys are developed. So you're saying that WWE has Dolph Ziggler and they're just wasting him, and and that's what you're. That yes. I'm, I'm I'm pulling from. Okay, so so they're wasting him. Okay, so yep. In your opinion, how would you fix wasting Dolph Ziggler? Well, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Um, in in my personal belief, to fix Dolph, the best thing you can do is repackage the man. You have to repackage the guy. I mean, he's pulling off the same thing over and over, you know, where he slicks back the hair and then he throws the, like, freaking, you know, hair gel, like, at people or whatever the hell. And he and he's still doing, the, you know, I'm the show-off, guys. I mean, I can steal the show any given night. And look, I got a Scottish guy next to me just to prove it to you. Honest truth is, he needs a repackage. Drew, he can, he can do well on his own. I mean... Being the heel or the face. I mean, right now, he's a different man. Ziggler, he's still the same man I remember from 
2015 when he was like, except he's a heel now. I mean, honestly, Ziggler needs to change. He needs to go back to being and, like, you know. You know what? Ziggler did. So uh, I was just reading up on his uh, his deal. $1.5 million. Yeah. $1.5 for two years. So He's WWE, former world champion. So, so. WWE has got, got him technically locked in at seven hundred fifty k a year. $750,000 a year, okay? So Dolph Ziggler also gets to leave the shows early. You know, does Dolph Ziggler love wrestling? Does he love wrestling or does he love the fact that he's getting money for just to be a standby? Because I remember two years ago listening on a podcast, Dolph Ziggler cared about wrestling. Does he care about it now or did is he just lost the passion? And, you know, reading up on another podcast, he's kind of like in the middle. He loves this business with all his heart, but does he love it any more that he's locked in? And at what point is he just going to start giving up, you know, on the mic, in the ring? When's he, is he going to give up? And, and I guess I'll let, I'll let Katie take this one. Is, is, is he going to give up or is it just going to be like, hey, you're going to be the guy to put these guys over? So good luck. You get the job done. You know, to answer that question, I don't know. It's really just, it's really a toss-up with him. Because, you know, in the past, he's been willing to work to put a few guys over. He, You can see his work in the ring. He's more than willing to sell another man's moves. But when it comes to him, but as of late, it doesn't, it doesn't really look like he's going to be willing to do that. Personally, I don't know if that's just me seeing how he's acting, but it doesn't look like he's going to be the man to do that. And he really shouldn't. Because, like, what mm. with what Shadow said earlier, this man's a former world champion, and you've got, you just got him putting guys over like Drew McIntyre, who doesn't need to be put over at all. Yeah. Yep, yep. I got you. Now, now you now we spoke about Apollo Crews earlier in the, in the thing, but another name, I mean, he's on the B team right now, but there's actually two guys in that group. And honestly... Curtis Axel, I mean, the man, you know, he's a great wrestler, you know, family full of history, but Curtis Axel and and another person, uh, Bray Wyatt's brother, Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas seemed to have a bigger wow. edge than, you know, Bray himself. Bo Dallas was the second guy up when he got NXT belt. But here's the thing. Does the NXT belt hold a curse? That NXT belt has not been good anybody who's gotten it really of, of the past i mean that's not totally true i mean look at seth rollins well well, well I'm, i i i agree i agree but but if you look at everybody else nobody's really made a market but it's a little early for some guys um but uh some guys have led back to injury such as joe um but somebody like nakamura and i get it the J japanese thing and you know i, I knew there was going to be some tribulation with that but I mean, they've went with AJ pretty much every step of the way. If I if I was WWE, and this is just me, I would move uh, Ziggler, and I'll tell you my top five because I got them written down right here. Ziggler, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Apollo Crews, and my fifth one's a little bit interesting, but honestly, I think that Tyler Breeze or you move somebody of like a caliber – 
of a guy who's struggling on the main roster. And honestly, Shinsuke Nakamura needs to go back to NXT. Sami Zayn needs to go back to NXT. You know, oh, yeah, NXT live shows. Um, this is a report from uh, Ringside News. 81% of NXT takeover seats have been sold. As of last two years, they've been sold out. 95% of the stadium. So now NXT is failing. They have they have the dark period, and then they have, because WWE brings up all their guys, weekend after WrestleMania, SummerSlam. And, now and Survivor Series. Yeah, and definitely Survivor Series. So now they're coming up on SummerSlam. Okay. Adam Cole is their big draw. Adam Cole, Ricochet... Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, okay? Now, here's the thing. What if those guys get moved up? What What is NXT? Because I know, between everybody here, Alistair Black staying and Adam Cole staying. But what stops the WWE from pulling anybody else up? Heavy machinery. How do we know that? You know, I'm still waiting for a debut of Sanity, you know? I yeah, it's been about a month now. I mean, they keep promoting this this team, oh, they're and, and they're and they're just sitting here forever. Now, somebody who I really respect, and I've met him before, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. left the WWE to elevate his game. Now, I'm not saying that anybody should leave WWE unless they want, to. but to elevate your game, it might take leaving it. Uh, the WWE, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, those guys elevated their game to the next level. So that they could compete, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody yeah. on that roster who leaves yeah. WWE comes back different. Now, that's not for everybody, but I feel like if you give yourself that time away, I think you'll be able to build momentum and build your popularity. Um, yeah, TNA, they, I'm not saying EC3 isn't a big draw, but he appeals to some and not all, and I love the gimmick. I, I love the EC3 gimmick, you know, the whole he's in the top 1% kind of deal. But Yeah, how he's going to transform NXT to NX3. Yeah, exactly. Now, somebody like NX, uh, uh, EC3 going up onto the main roster, what is that going to be like, being that he's a TNA guy? I mean, and, and I mean, it's going to be... Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead, like go ahead. Vince McMahon, he doesn't forgive and forget. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He doesn't. But if I had to say today, if, if 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 WWE took five guys off the NXT roster today, I'm telling you who the first cuts will be. Number one, in my opinion, right now, the first team that or or I should say the first superstar they'll take is Velveteen Dream, and they'll take him to SmackDown, and 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 that and that will be the first because they've already called up No Way Jose. Velveteen Dream's finally on fire in NXT, and they'll just move him up to SmackDown, and he'll lose his little bit of uh, kind of characteristic now. Uh, he'll start losing that momentum. So Velveteen Dream will get moved up. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Roderick Strong moved up to the main roster. You know, I, I thought he was moving up when he went to 205, but apparently not. Hideo Itami, yeah. I think I, – and that's the one person on this roster right now that if you move him up, he might actually do better, and that's Hideo Itami. Move him up to the main roster full time, you know, no, no, no cutbacks because I feel like he bounces between NXT and and Raw. I know he hasn't been in NXT in like a month or so, but still he bounces between and at the live events he's there and stuff. Make him a full time superstar. Put him with Finn Balor, somebody of that caliber. 
Yeah, they had a good tag team match a couple months ago that I really liked. They were both very good together. They were, but unfortunately, we got to get to our next topic. Is ROH the place to be? Now, I've got a couple different opinions on that. ROH. I am a little bit on the edgy side about ROH being the big place. And now, WWE's more corporate, and they've got all the, you know... Um, What's best for business? They've got the whole, you know, this is great, this is all the money, you'll make merch, yada, yada, yada. But I see, and this is going to tie into the all-in, but the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, um, even the Hardys made themselves... Hardy Bo- the Hardy Boys were already made in the WWE, but when they left, they got bigger than they were before because of yeah. this broken gimmick they had going on. The Young Bucks with the YouTube channel, with Cody Rhodes and all, and Marty Scurll and all that. They are changing definitely the wrestling Marty, business. I was going to mention them. They are definitely making the business that we are all in. I mean, they're they're making that business, and they're trying to get a almost a global media marketing. And and honestly, companies are buying into it, and it's and it's neat because you know is ring and, and I've been hearing deals. Is Ring of Honor going to go to the USA Network? Because WWE, I think, um, I think that honestly, Ring of Honor might actually walk away from Sinclair Broadcasting. They might do something and go with a bigger company, such as you know they're big enough to do that. I mean, like Fox or CBS or whatever. I mean, they're honestly pulling up the competitor they're not as big as the wwe they'll never be as big as the wwe because the wwe has been established and everything but you know and uh, ring, ring of honor is well established they i think they might have the best wrestling in the world i love the kid dalton castle he is the best i can't he he's like the velveteen dream but he's just a better wrestler i i don't know how else to put it but Another person that I I'm, I just love in Ring of Honor, and, and he's absolutely fantastic, is Jay Lethal. Every time they announce that he might go to WWE, I'm, I'm just like, no, no, no. But right now, who's bigger than Ring of Honor is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've never seen anything like it. They've put on the most incredible shows, whether it be Dominion, Wrestle Kingdom, and, and I think a big deal, and, and here's the problem. They got Jericho. They do. But a couple years ago... Like 2J versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Fantastic. Imagine nobody anticipated happening. Exactly. Fantastic match. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, you get Wrestle Kingdom, right? So, a couple months ago, WWE went to Okada, right? A couple couple of them a couple months ago, the year before that, and then yada, 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 because they've been in contact with Okada. I feel like Okada won't do as well leaving New Japan, and I'll tell you why. He's got a New Japan, he's got a Japan fan base, and if you move him over here, you're gonna have him play the heel, because in the USA he will not sell. And I don't think he's gonna sell either way. Naito, I was just at, I was at near a live event down here in Ohio, and Naito was at the show. It sold out within 10 seconds, okay? Now, I I will admit, it's about a 2,000 person arena. Naito was fighting. I think it was Michael Logan. Uh, he was down here for a week. So that sold five thousand. But do you could you imagine Okada selling 
let's say, 80,000. Ken Okada saw 80,000 in Orlando. And I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Christian take this one. Do you think Okada could sell 80,000 seats inside of Orlando? Yeah. You do. Well, from what I've been watching, because it's definitely, I've been watching bits and pieces of what's been going on between Ring of Honor and um, New Japan in terms of, you know, the media skyrocketing and the talent, et cetera, et cetera. I personally believe in terms of like how it's been going. Like with guys like Okada, I don't, I don't generally, I agree with you in the fact that he won't succeed in WWE <clears throat> simply because like his fans are in, you know, the far Eastern area, like Australia or Japan or China, et cetera. And looking at the matches he's had with guys like, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, people are going to be like, oh, that's the guy that wrestled Kenny Omega. Like they're not going to be like, oh, that's Okada, right? They're not going to remember him as that guy that, by name, as they should. They're going to remember him as the guy that just was in a match with somebody that they knew because he was American. Okay. And I'm not saying this is I a racial it. thing. I, I, I'm I, sa- I get what you're saying. But <clears throat> to be Okada and you're sitting at WrestleMania, are you going to be able to sell 80,000 seats and are they going to take you seriously? I, AJ I, don't, I don't believe that uh, it's going to sell 80,000 seats. Hey, I'm I, honest I with you. If, if if it's you not have even the fact that are they going to take him seriously, it's the fact are they going to keep up with the reputation he had overseas? Or it's going to have them have the crowd boo him you and then just job job out to you guys have... who don't deserve yeah. to go. You give him a Shinsuke Nakamura to. treatment, well, man. You have to. You have to. No, Nakamura is getting hated. Have to because if you don't treat Okada like he's a big star, Okada's going to walk out. Okada makes more money right now than he would make in the WWE. He'd be running developmental. I tell you what, Okada would be in NXT. I don't care. He would he would be in NXT. There, he, he, and here's why. So you've got an American fan base. If it was Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega's already going to the main roster. He won't even touch NXT. He'll be at Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Okay. If it's anybody else from New Japan, they're not coming up to the main roster. Unless you're Yoshitatsu. Then you're on the main roster because you've already been there. But... <laughs> Anybody else? Yoshitatsu, great. He's been pretty good in New Japan. I mean, he's been all right with the whole Bullet Club thing. But here's the thing. If you're Okada and you come out to Monday Night Raw, okay, and you walk out that curtain. Will people mark out for you is the question. Come, will people realize who exa- you are? Exactly. Will people recognize Okada? And, 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 some, and I hate to say it, but no. I don't think they'll recognize Okada. Walking to a... If he was in a WWE live event in Japan, when he walk out and people know him, absolutely. He's on every billboard in Japan and Osawaka, Japan. Osaka. I, I apologize for my poor spelling. But either way, you're, you're out there in Japan and you've got it, okay? But you walk into, let's say, Birmingham, Alabama. Does anybody care who you are? If you walk no, into Detroit, Michigan, care. Los Angeles, California. You know, I, I, I was just reading something. Uh, it was I think it was 45,000 seats inside of, um, I believe it was New Japan. They went to California, yada, yada, yada. Had a good show. Rey Mysterio was there. And they didn't have the turnout that they thought. You know, they were selling tickets cheaper. Uh, maybe they overpriced them. But honestly, if you can't sell 45,000 with your main star being Okada, how are you going to sell 
let's say, 80,000 when WrestleMania rolls around. I mean, obviously, they're not just coming for Okada, but how many people are actually sitting there for Okada? And that's what I always come down to WrestleMania. And that's why I say Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar was the main event, and I'll tell you why. Because no, everybody's the main eventer is Brock Lesnar. Now, that's why I'm coming into why WWE is a terrible place for somebody like, you know, AJ They don't Styles. build up their stars. They, they deserve it. They, they don't have the Hulk Hogan anymore. They don't have the Goldberg, the Triple H, the Stone Cold, the Rock. They don't have those iconic superstars anymore. I don't know if it's just WWE doesn't go into the promos as well anymore. Cause they, and I've honestly said this since the beginning. The superstars should be able to make themselves feel like a superstar. They should be able to cut their own promos. Now, I and I say we move it from the PG era to the PG-13 era. I, I just, I you know, I didn't say, yeah, we had to go all mature on, like, TVMA, but I feel like if you went to TV, PG-13, whatever, TV-14, I feel like you'll pull a, a better audience, and I think that if you allow blood back into the mix, and, and I'll tell you what. Which they I, have been a little bit. I was watching... I was just rewatching, like, probably about, uh, I would say, two weeks ago, I was watching NXT England. Uh, they were in the UK, and it was Joe versus Finn Balor, okay? Yeah. I felt like it made Joe look tougher when he didn't have blood, when he had all the blood on his face. It made him look tougher. Now, I don't know what, here's my thing. I don't know what it's going to matter when there's blood on their face, and I understand it's for the, the rating, okay? But what does it matter? It just slows the match down, okay? That blood is going to keep gushing. No matter how you work it, no matter how you tell it to work, no it's going to keep... No matter how many times you wipe it, it's going to keep coming out. Yeah, it's going to keep coming out, and you're going to have to just keep stopping the match. Honestly, and then... Yeah, it's going to be like and, Roman Reigns and Lesnar or Orton and, and, and Lesnar. And WWE yeah, apologized. Yeah. They apologized for that, Okay. But yet you let Brock Lesnar bust open Randy Orton on live pay-per-view like that. And, and Roman you, Reigns, too. And you don't – and Roman Reigns at this year's WrestleMania. And you don't say a word, okay? So how is it okay for, let's say, Roman Reigns to get brutalized and, and Randy Orton, okay? And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, with the sweat, it makes it easier to cut. But that still hurt. And that, that was absolutely MMA fighting right there. If you just went back, I, I didn't say it had to be like Eddie Guerrero when he was getting chewed up, right? I didn't say it had to be like that. I'm just saying it could have been a little bit more better if you could have just got it to where, like, you know, they weren't gushing, but they were just, you know, a little bit of blood. They could wipe it off during the match, you know, kind of thing. Let, let the match work with the way match the match should work. I agree. I agree fully. All like, right. honestly, um, the blood, I remember there was a time when, um, I forgot what match it was or for what event, there was blood. And the blood um, caused an outrage from a parent who um, protested on uh, Facebook saying, oh, I was watching in, uh, you know, this event with my child and, you know, we saw blood and my child was scarred for life you know, et cetera. You know, in my opinion, I think wrestling should be a, a PG-13 or like a MA or TVMA audience. 
type of thing because like you know you see um you know all this blood and you know people you know the curses and swearing you know they're starting to come out more now you know we're hearing more you know even though they get you know censored like i mean they're coming out more and i mean it's going to be a matter of time to like you know people get you know uncensored you know and it goes back to being you know the way it was because you know Vince is going to be like you know screw it man you know i curse every day of my life in the creative office so but you know the thing is is that i don't i, I think you don't blood, see things happen everything it doesn't doors. affect anything you, you you don't see things happen behind closed doors and you know we got to wrap up this topic but i i say we end it with this wwe would be a much better place if vince mcmahon would just let freedom happen i agree, agree, agree. freedom for anything okay yeah i agree let freedom. these guys let these guys do their job you know they pay vince mcmahon pays absolutely out the wazoo for these people okay and and i and i give him credit for taking all these superstars but let the guys be the guys when they came in. And I say you, and in, in, in the next podcast we do, we're going to talk about band moves. And that's another subject, but we'll get to that later. Um, like I said, let the, guys, let the guys be the guys. But now going on to another person who has really gotten the screw job this year in Roman Reigns. <laughs> I am not oh, the biggest. Right here. I am not a Roman Reigns fan. And everybody knows it. I hate Roman Reigns with a passion. I hate how he works. I hate how he talks. I hate how he wrestles. But I give this man credit only because of one reason. I feel bad this year for Roman Reigns. Okay. You built up all this momentum over the last four years. 31, you, well, over the last three years. 31, you fight Lesnar and ended up Seth Rollins cashing in. 32, you fight Triple H, and you win, okay? 33, you fight The Undertaker. And then you go into WrestleMania 34 to get destroyed and annihilated by Brock Lesnar, okay? You had Brock Lesnar's number three years ago. How in the world, three years later, you get mangled and destroyed, okay? Yeah, not only that, you had a match with him at SummerSlam in a fatal four-way. And I blame Vince McMahon because he's the head man, and I blame him, and I blame that creative team for screwing Roman Reigns like this. And I'll tell you why Roman Reigns was screwed. Roman Reigns was screwed because, I I don't know if it was because, hey, this was the more popular outcome, it was already predictable. Well, if it was predictable, you should have had AJ versus Nakamura, which was originally what was supposed to be done. Then you were like, oh, last minute, let's just do Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns shouldn't have been the main draw of WrestleMania. Nakamura versus AJ Styles would have been more entertaining. They literally crammed a match together. AJ and Nakamura. They crammed as much as they could get in. Give those two the main event, they would have done better. Anybody would have done better at that point. But Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar is an easy 12 to 15 minute match. Nakamura and AJ could have gone... 25, 30 minutes. So that would have filled your spot. But there was no surprise ending at the end of WrestleMania. If they would have had a briefcase in play, that would have been great. Because how I would have done it was, is if you're going to book the main event, and this is going to be the main event, these dudes need to MMA brawl it. They need to fight like two strikers in that ring. And if they had a briefcase, and I tell you what, if they had a briefcase, um. 
and this is just hypothetical, you would have, I would have had someone to cash in. And have that same story. Have the same story repeat. Roman Reigns gets screwed again. And it seems like every year Roman Reigns eats, eats trash. And that's just Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns eats the garbage that Vince, Vince is like, hey, you're our top guy, but we're not going to let you win. Let Roman Reigns yeah, be like Roman Reigns. Success, he loses. Yeah, let exactly. Roman Reigns. If I can just... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to say this. You know, five years ago, Roman Reigns debuts with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. It doesn't show right out the gate, but a few months later, they finally get into action. And Roman shows to be this big powerhouse, the big dog of the shield. The shield breaks, and they almost immediately plunge him into the main event. Now, no one expects him to win it all when you consider he's in there with the likes of Cena, Orton, Sheamus, Bray Wyatt, any of them. Yeah. And then we fast forward another two more years. Okay. WWE has hit the injury bug hard. Roman is with Roman's on the roster now with how many other superstars that could win the world title? They didn't give it to him the year before. It's finally time to give it to him. And then Vince goes on just this year-long, rampant storyline where Reigns is in the main event getting screwed every time. Next year, you're hit even harder with with these injuries on the roster. And then you're fine. And then... You finally give Roman to finally give Roman the world heavyweight championship. For a month, his first reign is about five minutes and fifteen seconds. His second reign was about lasts, a month. For a month, and then his next reign is three, three months. months, and then he loses it to Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. You constantly paint your guy, paint Roman as this top dog when you have him beat the likes of Brock Lesnar of Braun Strowman I mean but you can't let him beat Brock Lesnar yeah and Strowman's man had definitely win you can't let him win the world heavyweight championship you can't let him win the universal you're going to stick him with the intercontinental championship the united states championship as much and this might just be the fan side of me or Roman that's saying this, but Roman is not a United States champion. The lowest title you could ever stick him with is the Intercontinental Championship. And they did that. They did it at the right time where, Samo- where Samoa Joe and Lesnar were in a feud that really come great balls of fire was not really the fight to see. Reigns loses the title, the Intercontinental Championship, to Miz. It's finally time to put the Universal Championship on his shoulders. And Vince once again decides to curb Roman of the title. My point I'm trying to make is you cannot constantly paint this guy as your top dog. Just and, then, and then screw him every time he's in the main event. At this point... You're either going to put the Universal Championship on his shoulders for a very long time. Or you're just not. You're either going to put the Universal title on his shoulders 
or you're going to paint someone else as your top dog because you cannot keep sticking Roman in the main events. And then Vince wonders why Roman can't get over with the fans. I'm tired of seeing him in the main event. And to this point, putting Universal titles not even an option anymore because they don't even want to see that. You remember in the Royal Rumble, in the Royal Rumble match for the World Heavyweight Championship, people cheered for Triple H when he threw Roman over the, Roman over the top rope yep. because it was too it wasn't it's not even a little too late it was way too late to put roman over it was too late to put the world title on his shoulders and say this is the top guy this is the man at this point roman is either roman is either the man or he's just going to be some guy on the mid card and i hate to see one of my my top air superstar like that but it's either it's time for best man to make a decision I definitely agree. You know, I, I you definitely know. agree. Now, oh, sorry. And, and this is how I'm going to respond to this. I like what they're doing with, you know, anybody in this business. I like how they're doing it. I like how they think that making Roman Reigns um, works. I like it. He's a good guy, Roman Reigns. You know, I'm not always fond of him. I sometimes I could say I even hate him. I, but honestly, the guy's got spirit every freaking time. I, I I respect the dude. You know he's such a good guy, but sometimes Roman Reigns makes me like sit there and think, "Am I really watching Roman Reigns right now? Why am I watching him?" And I think partial to that is just the reason we have to watch this kind of, um stale WWE corporate garbage on screen is because WWE doesn't have a better option or they just don't want to pick the better option. They're feeding you what they want to feed you because you watch it. If WWE started turning off the, if we started turning off our television and that's what it is. We turn off our television. We stop watching. We quit buying live events. Would they push Seth Rollins? Would, would, would they? Would they push a person like Adam Cole? Would they stop taking shots at the Young Bucks? Would they finally say the Hardy Boys should get back together and win a tag title? Would they? And there's a lot of would days. Would they do this? Would they do that? And I and I, and I can't say that enough. So, um, like I said, all I'm gonna say is people need to know that. We, we, we sit here and we speak the truth. And that's what I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to say anything else because I can't give you an answer why WWE does this to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns is a fantastic wrestler. I mean, in everybody else's eyes, he's a fantastic wrestler. I have a vendetta against him for some reason. I don't even know why. I just haven't liked him. You know, he, I thought he was maybe the third best of the Shield. But... Over watching this and watching Roman Reigns fail like this and getting treated like this, I don't think Roman Reigns deserves this. He's not even as a person like me who watches wrestling every single day of the week. I don't think he deserves this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a closing statement on this. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let KD finish up on this closing statement, and then mm-hmm. uh, we can get on to our next topic.
And it seems like he's out of out of reach right now. Yeah. Want me to I don't know if Katie's talking because like my mic isn't necessarily working very well. I think Katie... I can hear you both. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you close yeah. off with the Roman Reigns thing, and then uh, then we'll move on to our next topic. <clears throat> All right, wait. So you got something to say, or am I just like completely closing it? Just close out on yeah, your thoughts about Roman Reigns. All right. Personally, Roman was my, has been my boy since. Even my boy since the Shield turned face. And when Roman took up this attitude of, oh, yes, this is my yard now. It's my yard now. Now, I got that sense. WWE has found their future. You know, they found their new John Cena. Their, they found their new Chris Jericho, Triple H, and all that. Here's the thing. Those guys, they emerged as top guys without needing some four to five year long buildup of this struggle to win the title. No, they're all former world champions. And I'd say at least over 30 combined world championships between the three of those guys. Now, my question is how much longer does Roman get pushed as a top guy before he finally gets his gets his CM Punk World Heavyweight Championship reign? How long is it going to be before he finally gets that, or is he at, or is he even going to get that? Because this is not a storyline that can keep up. Because you know, I can guarantee, I can guarantee it may be just a storyline now, but you have to wonder how much of a storyline is it going to be before Roman marches into Vince's room and says, okay, am I the top guy? Or am I just another guy on the roster for you to mess around with till you find some other guy? That's the question. That's all I can really say. That's all, that's all that's really left that I can say on this topic. Is Roman going to be pushed as the man? Or is he just being pushed around till Vince finds the man he wants. That's a good statement, good statement. Um, moving on to our next topic. Seth Rollins, the real deal, full package, or bust? I'm going to let Christian take this one. Oh, um, you're going to hear, uh, I'm not going to try to be biased here because I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan, but, um, you know, Seth Rollins, in my opinion, I think this man is, is the full package. I think he, he has so much, so much for this business that he can do. I mean, Seth Rollins right now, he is the Intercontinental Champion. And honestly, he's given that Intercontinental Championship just as much as prestigious possibly uh, anybody else in the past that's, as, that's held it with, you know, pride at least. And, you know, from the time I've watched WWE, they were great. I see champions like Jericho and Orton and um, Miz was a great champion in my opinion. But um, I see Seth as the guy that could potentially, and I don't want to cause controversy here, but I see him as the guy that should be in Roman Reigns' place in terms of how he should be the next top guy. Now, I don't want him to be in Roman Reigns' position where he's losing the Universal 
title in his sight all the time. I mean, he already went through that with Kevin Owens when he was the universal champion. I I really want, you know, people to, and I really think this is the truth. He is already the future of the WWE. People said he was. He already is the future of it. The future is already here. He's he's already done so much. He's a former two-time, you know, WWE champion. He's uh, the Intercontinental Champion, a former U.S. Champion. He's a Slammy Award winner. He's a former three-time Tag Champion. He's the first ever NXT Champion. Look at this guy's resume in WWE. He That's was in the fine, most man. dominant well, faction. He was in the most dominant faction of the decade with the Shield. I mean, he and he's a Grand Slam Champion, just like um, Kevin just said. I mean, the man has star written all over him, and not only, but he has the look of a star. He has the look of one. And sure, you know, maybe his choice of, you know, the way he runs his promos may not be exactly, you know, John Cena friendly. But, you know, he's um, always in, going to be able to succeed. And I see it all the time. He's always going to be able to succeed, rise above the adversity. And it, remember, there is a time. Um, I'm not sure if this is scripted or not, but Seth would be like talking about like, I'm tired of being underappreciated. I need this. I, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, and now he's a champion. You know, it just shows how far he's come, in my opinion. I think he has so much more left. I hope that he never becomes a bust. I really do. I don't want to see him leaving the WWE. And if anybody sees him as a bust, I'm honest. Like, you know, they just need to look back on his track record, not just in WWE, but in the indie scene as well. Definitely. And I look back to his days in Ring of Honor. Okay. Um, those days have gone and flown by, and now Seth's at the big time, okay? His first run was great, fantastic. His second run, um, as, you know, a tag champion didn't do him well. Um, his recent run with the Intercontinental title is fantastic. I can't get enough of it every week. Tuesdays, I mean, I'm not, tu- not Tuesdays, but Mondays and Mondays. his live events on Tuesday. Um, because I watch, you know, I'm able to catch a couple picks here and there. And he's doing live events. He traveled four continents. Yeah. this He's an incredible guy. When it comes to everything else, I'm a little bit eh about everything. And, you know, it, it makes me sad um, to think that Seth Rollins may not be wrestling for the WWE. He's fantastic. But... Would Seth Rollins do better in Ring of Honor? And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Kevin answer that. Yeah, would he do better now? Would he do better in Ring of Honor too? Now, my Ring of Honor knowledge on Seth Rollins from then, it's not it's not limited, limited, but it is limited. What I do know is, what I do know is Ring of Honor is like what got him on the map. Then that's what got him known. Like all these industries, like TNA, that wanted them to WWE, and of course to now WWE. The question is, would he be better off in Ring of Honor? To be honest, to be honest, this kind of ties into his the earlier parts of his WWE career, not to his NXT ties, more of to his FCW. Um, no, 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 not that to his um. Days in the shield and the authority. This is what I was just thinking about. 
guys that have that have been scripted to depend on groups for help. This is like just become a concern with me when I think about Seth Rollins. When you think about now, yes, he's had his success as a singles competitor as a face as a face these days. But the question is, when Seth Rollins loses that Intercontinental Championship and Vince by some chance does not have anything lined up for him, what what's gonna become of Seth Rollins then? What is the man, what is the architect gonna be? Because you look back at the shield, he depended on help there. And not to say that all three of the men, men, all three of them, Ambrose and Rollins and Reigns didn't. They all did. But then you go to the authority. As great as, great as his title, WWE World Heavyweight title reign was in the authority, how many matches can you say that he defended the title in were clean wins? Not many. How many can you say exactly? From mo- not even for, not, I can't even just say for most, for, mo- for just about all, all of those days that he reigned as world champion, the authority was at his side. And now you can see without the shield, without the authority, you can already see where the creative team is starting to get stuck with Seth Rollins. You can already see where they're starting to have trouble. What do we want to do with him? Like they tried to pawn him off to Jason Jordan of all people. I'm not dissing Jason Jordan. The dude's a dude's a good competitor. He can fight. He's good. But at the same time, He's Jason annoying. Jordan's not real. <laughs> yeah, his character. Like when you when you see a um, tag team get together, like DX. Triple H, John Michaels, they were both, they were both, their characters at the time, disrespectful. That's what they had in common in DX. Let's see, who else? Who else? You can't think of anybody. Oh, yeah, the Hardy Boys. Matt, Jeff. They were both, they had the extreme in common. They're brothers. What? Yeah, and what do what did Seth and Jason have in common with each other? Nothing. This is where I say if the creative team gets stuck with Seth in the very moment Seth Rollins loses to a nobody where the match is not being interfered with, where the match he's not got somebody else like in his head, like he's not scripted to have anybody else like on his mind right now. That is the moment I am sad to say, as much as a Seth Rollins supporter I am, Seth Rollins would be better back in Ring of Honor. Because Seth Rollins has been scripted to be one of the guys that says, oh yeah, let me get let me get this guy, let me get that guy, let me get this group on my side to make sure I win. And yes, he's had a great range intercontinental champion. But this could be one of the only times where we see that Seth does not have any help in winning a championship or like heel or face. And I hate to say that. But to be honest, it's kind of like Roman. It's kind of like a waste, like a waste of talent to me personally. I agree, man. 
<clears throat> I agree. But Seth Rollins is definitely proving it um, to all of us that it's time uh, for him to kind of maybe cut ties. Um, so is it time for maybe Seth to go back to Ring of Honor and kind of earn it a little bit more? Or is it time that the WWE gives Seth Rollins a chance? And that's going to be up to you guys. But we are on to yeah. our last topic of the evening. Should Finn Balor be a top guy? I'm going to let KD take this one. All right. Should Balor be a top guy? Yes. He proved it in NXT. He proved it in NXT. He proved it. He proved it in his first month on the main roster. And I could end this whole statement off that, and that'd be about our. Let me look at this. NXT champion, Universal champ. The very next year, he turns up. The summer turns up to Raw, wins a fatal four-way, beats Roman Reigns, both in the same night, and then beats Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. And then he comes back, and this is where my concern comes in. He comes back, and they have only said and shown traces of his Universal Championship rematch. And personally, while Finn was gone, this is something I was waiting to see. Seth Rollins, I mean, Finn Balor is going to come back. He's going to beat whoever's got the, got the Universal Championship in his rematch. He'll defeat him when they cash in for their rematch, and then he'll be the top guy like he was pushed to be. Mm-hmm. Let's see, about a year later, year and some months later, there's been no rematch. No nothing. And I'm not understanding why, why why Finn Balor is not the top guy that he was on NXT. Why he's not the top guy that he should be on this roster. So to answer your question, yeah, he should be a top guy. I'm not understanding why it's taking so long. Like he does his character does not need to be his character doesn't his character does not need to be built. We already know what Finn is about. We know what he's about. There's no character development needing to go on. Finn Balor should been should be the top guy among you put him in a pool of other guys, Finn Balor arguably would be the top guy and he should be. Yeah. I don't I don't mean to cut Jedi off if he was about to talk, but I just want to add something to this. Um <clears throat> uh talking about the fact that, you know, he should be a top guy, I mean in the traces of the rematch. I I expected him to be getting that rematch after, you know, him becoming the first ever NX I mean the first ever uh universal champion and losing it like a day later. To me that was like that was heartbreaking because I'm a Finn Balor fan myself. And to me, that was that was heartbreaking to see. And when he came back, I was like, oh, he's going to definitely beat Lesnar for that title. He has to beat Lesnar for that title. He hasn't even faced Lesnar. The only time I've ever seen traces of that seed being planted was when he had a confrontation with Heyman one Monday Night Raw last year. And Heyman was talking about, I respect you, Finn. And, you know, if anybody should face Brock, it should be you. To me, that was the, the seeds being planted saying, oh, so... 
Finn is going to be the one that's going to take it from Brock. But basically, we haven't seen any more of those seeds being able to sprout since then for this thing. You know, Brock has only been focusing on who since he's been the universal champion. He's been Samoa Joe, Roman Strowman, uh, other people like um, pretty much just them. Like even Kane was involved in like one of those scenes. And then, you know, he had a little bit of something with gender and then he had to face styles at Survivor Series. And, you know, it was like a constant thing where you were wondering when is he getting the rematch? And when he was going for the Intercontinental title, I thought of it as a consolation prize for Finn, believe it or not, because why would he need the Intercontinental title? I mean, yeah, sure, he deserves a title, and he's and he should be a top guy, but like that title, man. I mean, it wouldn't work so well for Finn. For Finn, I think he would take it as a consolation prize, and it wouldn't be worth anything, and he would lose it in like a month or two, compared to where Seth right now is holding it, and you know, he's holding it with pride. So I mean, not to compare them both, but. It's that Finn should be a top guy. He has the passion. He's the extraordinary man that can do extraordinary things. But like right now, he's he's just at a place in WWE where it's like, where do you go? And I'm just going to end it off with that question. And uh, what I was going to say, and and this is just theoretical, and this is my own my own opinion on this. I don't think Finn Balor should be a top guy. He doesn't have the right size. And I know size doesn't matter and this and that. But he doesn't have the right look. I think he's too small to compete in a ring with somebody like Braun Strowman. Or people of that nature. I didn't say he couldn't have been an Intercontinental Champion, a United States Champion. But there is better talent out there right now than Finn Balor. And Finn Balor is at the very bottom of the bowl for me. So, you know, we have a minute and about 30 seconds, and I'm going to close off with this. Finn Balor, to me, is not the guy that WWE is looking for. It might be who we're looking for, but I feel Seth Rollins is in that category of better. Of what? Of all the people, I think Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and people or Dean Ambrose or I see I don't even put Dean Ambrose in that category and that and we'll talk about that another time but I say those people such as them and you know somebody like guys from NXT like Cole and Black and Velveteen Dream and all them those are the guys so I'm going to end it off with that um we thank you for listening to the wrestling around podcast I thank my amazing co-hosts here. It's no problem. It was a pleasure. Problem, though. It's worth it. I'm sure uh, we're going to be getting some some pretty cool guests coming up. Uh, We're working with a couple of different guests to get them on here on this Wrestling Around podcast to kind of hang out a little bit, talk about their wrestling experiences. So uh, that'll be pretty neat. But our next Wrestling Around podcast will probably be on Sunday should be released on Sunday. So we thank you uh, for joining us and uh, have a wonderful night or morning wherever you're listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time.